Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Oh my God, we made it for a second day in a row. And I am very, very excited. I am still a little under the weather, as you guys can probably tell. So I will probably be taking a bunch of deep breaths. <laughs> um, but you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Like, uh, it feels like it's been taking forever to get better. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or if I'm just not doing all the things that I normally would do to get better. But it's making me angry, irrationally angry. And then my husband got sick, so now he's over here coughing and stuff. It's just, I feel like it's just going to keep going back and forth. Me, him, me, him. Y'all don't understand. But anyways, like I said, good morning, everybody. Excuse me. I drink like a whole cup of water right before I hit record, and I didn't think it through, so I'm sorry. Um, Like I said, good morning. It is honestly like 8 a.m. right now, and I have no tea no nothing because I just honestly just needed to start. I did not want to get out this bed this morning at all. He got up for work and he's like, do you want to come smoke? And I'm like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a wonderful morning. No, it's not. I'm lying. I wanted to go for a run and I was going to work out and stuff before I talked to you guys so I could be a little more up, but it's literally pouring outside and I don't feel like doing a home workout right now. So we'll probably do that later. Um, let's get right into our journal prompt because I will keep talking about how terrible I feel like my morning is. Um, so our journal prompt today is what is an external experience that triggers you and why? Um, I kind of think that I'm going to answer this one today because I kind of have a, like, I I have a couple, but I'm going to just do one. Um, what triggers me is getting cut off. I'm just kidding. I was going to say getting cut off in traffic pisses me off. It does piss me off a lot. And I know what I realized. I feel like everybody is just disrespecting me. So honestly, the real external trigger would be disrespect. And I feel like not everything is a form of disrespect. Sometimes people just don't even mean it like that. But I take a lot of things as people disrespecting me. And therefore, I respond irrationally. So I really do think I get triggered like that because I feel like I had a bunch of friends growing up and stuff where I feel like we always just disrespected each other. Even relationships, like my mom used to tell me, like, stop speaking to each other like that. Stop speaking to each other like that. It's going to ruin the relationship. And it did. (laughs) And now I have like this trigger where it's like anytime somebody says the wrong thing or like or like it feels like they're giving off an attitude. I'm like, are you disrespecting me? Because I don't got to talk to you. We don't have to, this conversation does not have to continue. Like, you know what I mean? And I just, it's terrible. I know it's not a good way to be, but it's like, most of the time things are disrespectful. Can we all like agree that sometimes people are trying to be funny? But I do realize you can't always feel like that. But I, 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 do, I digress, okay? I digress. Today's affirmation is, I release all emotional blocks that stop me from enjoying peace of mind. <sighs> Let's sit on that, you guys, because... Oh, I have like zero peace of mind. <laughs> like zero. I be wanting to like meditate and stuff. And the only thing I think about is everything going on and 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 how do I feel? And oh my God, I should be doing this. And I feel like when you truly at peace, you could do things like meditate and you could do things like take an hour to yourself and not have your whole day feel like you messed up and you wasted your day. So Let's say that again. I release all emotional blocks that stop me from enjoying peace of mind. Whatever that may be, whether it's a sad situation, whether you're upset, whether you just didn't want to get the freak up this morning because, girl, I feel you. But just let's release it. Let's take a deep breath. Like, (sighs) fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. Just kidding. Don't say that. But seriously, release it all. Okay? Y'all ready? Y'all ready to get into today? Because I'm ready to get in today 
into today. I feel like I keep calling this a personal journal. So we're going to start reading things that I would write in a journal. Well, not reading because I'm not writing it down first. But like speaking about things that I probably would speak about in my journal. Um, I haven't done a journal entry on this yet because I just don't really talk about it. The last time I spoke about it was like on Instagram when this whole open adoption thing. Ooh, I guess I just gave it away. We're talking about open adoption. And um, technically, you would call my adoption an open adoption. How I was adopted. I and mean, if you know me, you know I'm adopted. Um, And it fucking sucked. Excuse me. And it sucked. It sucked so much. Like, I 100% understand abortion. I understand that uh, abortion. Ooh, excuse me. Ooh, that's a topic that we ain't even talking about yet. Yikes, yikes. I always used to say, I think that came out because I always used, I always used to say, I hope she just, why she didn't just abort me. Like I would have aborted me at that age, but, but no, what I meant to say is how I support adoption a hundred percent. I do understand that some people want to have families. There's kids that are in need hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Don't, whatever I say, don't take it as I don't believe in adoption, but I'm telling you from my experiences with adoption and I've been on either, I've been on both sides. I've been on both sides multiple times because a lot of my siblings are adopted. And so I seen that and um, I like semi-adopted my sister daughter. Yes, you guys, sister daughter. Y'all know who I'm talking about, my river, my baby. Um, So it's like, I understand it from like the side of being the adoptee and being the adopter. So it's like, I don't know. I just want to tell you my story and how I feel about it. So, I don't know. Give me a second. Yo, you guys. <clears throat> I swear I don't be coughing until I start talking. I don't know what's going on. But let's just, let me start from the very beginning. I'm not going to have y'all here for more than 30 minutes. Y'all know that. But let's talk about the beginning. In the beginning... I was born to a mother who was 14. Um, everyone that knows me knows my conception story, I guess. We don't know my daddy. Um, you probably never will know my daddy, considering who my mom is. Um, speaking of my dad, we'll probably talk about that in a future episode, but we are looking for my dad, and we have found a substantial part of my my dad's family, so hopefully we find my daddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I was born to a mother who was 14 years old. Um, she was erratic. She was crazy. She did not have the greatest upbringing, which in turn meant that my biological family was not the greatest of families. I don't know how else to explain that. Like, I used listen, when I get into stories and when I used to go over there, you're going to understand why I do not like open adoption. Okay, so my open adoption, see, I call it an open adoption because they had no rights to me at all, but who did have rights to me was my grandmother. So my grandmother had grandmother's right. She took my mom to court for that. Um, and the court somehow erect. Listen, this was the dumbest decision. If I could go find out who my judge is, I would love to have you on this podcast to ask you where in your right mind did that make sense? But um, they decided that my grandmother deserved at least two weekends a month until I was of age, I guess, to say I didn't want to do it anymore. And Lord Jesus, those were the worst weekends of my life. I'm going to say, out of, let's say I went 100 weekends. I'll say, I probably not. But let's say we went 100 weekends between the ages of like 1 to now. No, sorry, to 12. Um, 
I only enjoyed like two. Like I'm not even gonna hold you. Like I, I mean, I had like fun. Like you have moments of camaraderie where it feels like, oh, I'm around people that look like me. It's nice. But that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the peace of mind that I had. Like you know what I mean? Like I was always worried. I was always upset. I was always, I always felt like unloved, unwanted, and it just. It just wasn't a it wasn't a good thing for a child. I mean, my mom put me in therapy, so we did speak about it. But I didn't speak about it much because to me it was like, well, I don't care. I don't care. They don't got to like me. I don't care. I don't care. But like looking back as an adult, I did care. And it's it was disrespectful. <laughs> it was disrespectful. Um, So like I was saying, I like about three months, my birth mom disappeared. Long story, you guys. I want to tell you the story because it's so stupid. Like something about like a belt. She stole my grandmother's like BB belt, Gucci belt. I don't know what the hell it was. And my grandmother was like going off on her and she disappeared, never came back for me. So my grandma was like, I don't want no kids. Fuck that. Which is so funny because if you don't notice, I have a cousin who's like six months older than me. Um, His mama didn't really take care of him either, but she had, I guess, more custody of him. So my grandmother didn't feel like she was raising her. But there was another one of me, but he stayed and they didn't want me. <laughs> Whatever. Um, So... She gave me to her drug counselor, who was my mama, and it was it's been us ever since. Um, but that's really the gist of like how I ended up there. Um, for the first like I guess year of my life, I wasn't really forced to associate with them. Um, and then she sued my mom for grandparents' rights and so on and so forth. Now, hundred percent feel like that shouldn't have even went through because like if you had me and you really cared and then you gave me to somebody, you shouldn't have been able to sue just to see me on the weekends. That feels wrong. So that's another my first problem with open adoption, where it feels like people could just pick and choose when they want to be in the child's life. And I don't appreciate that. I also feel like the lack of stability for that messes with the child. I can keep on. I'm gonna elaborate on that when I speak on River and stuff. But it's just wrong that people could pick up and choose, oh, well, today I want to be a mom, tomorrow I don't. So here, you be a mom for six months and you do the holidays and then, you know, I'll come around and say hi. That's not okay. And I feel like a child picks that up. I picked it up, you know. So I've been with my, my mom since I was about three months years old. Three months years old. Three months. Three months old. Sorry, y'all. I was, since I was three months. Um, And it's just, it's been a wild ride. So... When the judge said that I had to see them every weekend, I guess I, I my mom listened to stories. I didn't want to go when I was a child, child. Like when I was like two, three, like we used to have like visitations, like in a court building or whatever. And um, I hated it. I hated them so much. And yet it was a forced thing until I was of age to say something. So let's go on until like when I got older. My birth mom had a tendency of saying she was going to do something and then not doing it. So she would be like, I'm going to come see you. Yes, I love you. Da, 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 blah, blah. I'm going to come take you back, which nobody wanted her to do. I want to point that out. But she used to love saying things like that. And I just feel like that messes with a child's mind. Like, imagine, like, it's hard for me to already assimilate into a family. Like, this isn't my family. I don't look like them. Um, Not only that, my family wasn't a normal nuclear family. I had two moms. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, so not only was I taken out of a bad situation, I was put into a Another situation that's not technically bad, but is not the best situation. Like, I wouldn't raise my child outside of a nuclear family. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I already had to deal with that. And I had that came with its own, me not looking like them, me being the only, like, well, I wasn't the only black kid. My mom's Spanish, um, and her, her girlfriend at the time was black. But they were, like, black and Indian. You know what I mean? Like, I'm full black. I'm 100% black. So it was like, things were just different, like they treated me differently watching 
they were my sisters. Like, I love them. Like, to this day, I don't talk to a lot of them. I love them forever. I will always enjoy the experiences we had together. But at the end of the day, we are where we are because I am not blood related. 100%. We, I was treated 100% differently because we were not blood related. I understand that 100%. I get it. But in the same breath, if you know that somebody's coming, like, imagine, imagine this. Put yourself in how I felt. I would go come home from school on Friday and then I would have to pack my bag up to go to my grandma's house to then spend the weekend there and be hungry half the time. My mom had to send me with money, you know what I mean? Like to eat. I used to just want my mom to come get me so bad. Um, And then sometimes my cousins would come over. Sometimes it'd just be my grandmother. But my grandmother had a tendency of being on drugs. So she'd always be nodding out. So really for the whole weekend, I'm just sitting there by myself with my own thoughts. Excuse me. So that was like a lot for me because then it was like not only that, but my birth mom would call and be like, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, and never come see me. Same with like my siblings. After she had my siblings, that's when things started to feel different because like in the beginning, it was like, okay, well, she gave me up. She's living her life. I understand that. So people just don't want to be parents. But do you understand what it's like to then over time see the person have children and fake have a family? And and like you get me? Like, and they used to always tell me, oh, she's going to get you back so that way you could watch her kids, blah, blah, blah. So that was the running joke. And so, like, imagine what that was like. So after dealing with all of that, feeling like you've been abandoned, feeling like people don't really like being around you because you're the black sheep, like, because people will make comments, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, imagine all of that, and then you come back home, and then you have to assimilate into something here. Now it's like, after you you come in, you take a shower, now on Monday morning, you're dealing with your siblings on the regular, and you're dealing with whatever that comes with. It was a lot, and I just feel like to take out like, let's just take out a part. Like, it's overwhelming for a child. Like, I feel like at 18, yes, if you want to go look for it and you feel like you could deal with that mentally, sure. But as a child, I could not mentally deal with the back and forth. I couldn't mentally deal with how one family was like this and the other was like that. I just didn't understand it. Like, I, I just didn't get it. And it was sad. And it just makes me upset. And it's like, I feel like I'm not articulating how I feel because I haven't yet unpacked this with my therapist. But I just wanted to talk about it because it's like seeing all of these and I'm just going to call it out Caucasian families doing this like interracial open adoption just doesn't sit right with me because in that situation, not only are you adopting them, you're there. They don't have people that look like them, right? They're they're with a new family. And then when they do go see their other family, nine times out of 10, they have more children or they're living a whole different life. Like, let me pull, I'm gonna bring up this one family. I don't know their names. I wish I knew their Instagram. Um, she adopted her youngest child and so the mom has four like four three four kids and then on the fourth kid she gave it to a friend of hers so now they all hang out together and it's like a bestianas they best friends and but but she's just not his mother and one that was her darkest child so it comes across low colorist and two it's like if as the oldest i felt like damn like you just didn't want me right like you just didn't want me you wanted the rest of them I could imagine how it feels being the youngest and being given up. Like, damn, like, what the hell I do, you know? <laughs> Excuse me, y'all. I can't wait till this cold is over. But, like, imagine what that felt like, that's going to feel like for him growing up because I know what it felt like. I was really sad, like, like dealing with them. Like, even now, like, when we get into our back and forth, the first thing they say to me is nobody wanted you anyways. No, that's why you was giving away shit like that. And that's real fucked up. Like, like, you know what I mean? And it, it, it's something I didn't deserve because I asked to be here. You know what I mean? And I, I, I damn sure 
didn't ask to be a part of that family. So it was like, you got to see how it's fucked up. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm just going maybe in circles, but this is how I process how I felt about situations. You know, like I used to go over to my, like they were so unstable. I used to go over and my aunt and them, they used to be stealing in front of me and give me stuff they stole. Like, um, Christmases, my birth mom would come and bring me like, if y'all know if you're from the city, you know what Yogi Bear is. She used to come bring me like the Yogi Bear like gifts that she she'd like steal from somebody and like not even wrap it, just give it to me like Merry Christmas. Like I don't know what's going on. Like it was just crazy. Like I I remember sleeping in like beds. Like it's just there's just one bed and then my aunts and them would go out dancing, drinking. It'd just be us three, like me and my other two cousins, just sitting there drinking juices and eating cereal like we weren't being taken care of like the only time I went over there and actually ate was like Thanksgiving holidays you know what I mean so it's just like imagine going from something semi-stable to unstable semi-stable unstable back and forth back and forth back it takes a lot on somebody I don't care what nobody says I don't care um it's just I want to get into the story about river and stuff so you can understand what I mean by stability but it's like in the same breath, I want to continue going with how I felt real quick. So as a child of an open adoption and as a child of a gay parent, um, I had multiple things that I had to deal with. So I had to deal with not having a dad. I had to deal with having a hoe for mother. I had to deal with having a druggie for grandmother. Having to deal with the fact that my bio, my my adopted grandmother, at one point I felt like didn't love me. She does, 100%. But at one point I felt like that. I had to deal with... I had to deal with so many things like like it just was it was just something that I feel like had my adoption been closed and it would have just been me and the family that I was put into I would have had less trauma if that makes any sense like imagine like to keep it's like going to somebody and keep getting spit on like every time I come over there I get spit on in a different way then I come back it, it, I just didn't like that when I finally was of age I think it was like 12 13 I stopped going to my grandma's I stopped all of that shit they did not see me again <laughs> The only time they see me was like birthdays for my little siblings and stuff. And then I seen my grandmother and them right before I left for college. I have not seen them since I left for college. That tells you a lot. A lot. So it's like I 100% wish that the judge decided otherwise and that they would have given me a semi-normal childhood. Like it just didn't feel normal in any respect. Like it's already not normal when you get adopted. Like you know what I mean? Like it's already different. But with an open adoption it just feels like it's so far from normal that it's removing me from the reality of the world. Like it, it affected me so bad that I don't, I refuse to have children outside of marriage, like refuse it. Like, I'm not saying you can't get divorced. I'm not saying those things don't happen, but I refuse to have children outside of a marriage. I refuse to not have the nuclear family. I refuse because I just know what it's the toll it took on me. Like when we were raising river, I seen how much more she flourished with a, with a dad in the home. I seen how much more she flourished with a mom. I seen how much more she flourished with us all being a cohesive unit. And we were her adoptive parents. Like you get what I'm saying? So I could imagine if it's your child and you're 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 cultivating this this environment, it's even better for them, right? You guys get in my gist, right? So that's why I believe the way I believe. Um I would adopt. I have no problem adopting in the future. I always said I would, but it would not be an open adoption. I would keep all the information, and when the child turns 18, feel free, you know? I keep pausing this, and I'm so sorry, you guys. I just really do not want to be coughing in your ears. Um, 
So like I was saying, it's just, it's just stressful because to me, family is very important. And to have a whole family of people that I don't speak to, like, I feel like our relationship would be different if I was, if I would have just came around at 18 and, and it would like, I don't know you, you don't know me. And, and you, you know what I mean? Like, but because I grew up with them and I know the ins and outs of this family, it's hard for me to love them. Like, it, it's hard for me to be like, yep, this is my family. I feel like 100% had it just been like I had an upbringing alone with my mom. And then at 18, I was like, hey, I want to go look for my birth family. Things would have been different 100% because I would have been old enough and my brain, like my mom had me in therapy, like I said. So I would have had the coping skills that I needed to cope with whatever I found out. As a child, like people were getting raped. My grandmother was stabbing people. It was crazy. Like I I literally, like I, okay, I'm from the projects. Y'all, y'all know I'm from the projects, but I went from the projects to the trenches. Like, like back, like it was crazy. Like it was crazy. I think it's just so unhealthy to, because you don't want to do something you or because you want to do half-assed jobs or whatever it is, whatever reason you feel like to me is being a half-assed parent, having an open adoption. But if, if whatever stupid reason you come up in your head that it makes sense is not, it doesn't make sense at all. Leave them kids alone. If you're going to give your child up for adoption, leave them alone. Let them have the best chance at a normal family as possible. And then when they're 18, even if you want to write them letters every birthday, I don't care. When they're 18, you can then send them off. Let them have a chance at a, a fighting chance. Like literally a fighting chance because we have no chance when, when, I'm at school thinking about what's going on here and what's going on there. And I'm on the weekend, I have to go here and I'm going to be hungry and I'm uncomfortable and I got to sleep on the couch. And I, like, it just, it's not okay. No seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 year old should be thinking about these things. I should have been thinking about how this weekend I want to go hang out with my friends. I had times where I couldn't go do stuff with people because I had to go on some visitation somewhere I was hungry and uncomfortable. Do you know what that's like? No, you don't. Because to you, it was okay to be a half-assed parent. No, skirt, it's not happening. Sorry don't like it. If they could ban open adoptions, I would 100% sign that. <sighs> now that I got that little part off, um I do want to explain the stability part just a little bit more. We only have a couple more minutes here. Um but when I had River, I can see I seen firsthand as an adult how much stability matters. Granted we were not her biological parents, but she was better off when she would not see them for long periods of time and she would just be with us living and cultivating her skills and and, and running and and doing ABCs and speaking Spanish. She was just she was flourishing. And her having a dad, she felt I feel like having a dad gave her a different confidence than I would ever see in myself. Like she knew her dad was going to be there. She knew that if she was going to fall, her dad was going to catch it. So she had a fearlessness about her that I feel like only comes with kids that are in nuclear families, 100%. Um, when I used to give her back to her birth mom for a couple, she used to come back. Not only did she come back unkempt and untaken care of, one time I left her there for two weeks and came back and her face was full of eczema. Her face was swollen from the soul that she was eating. She was just sleeping. She was lethargic. She was angry. Her hair was falling out. Like, imagine the stress that that was on that little body as a two-year-old. Now, imagine doing that type of stress to that person from two to 12. Her hair's falling out. She's not eating at two. Dude, that's how stressful that is. Like, it's wrong. And that is the only reason why I let the situation go, because as much as I love that child and I wanted 
to be the best parent that I could. And sometimes being the best parent that you could be means letting go. And I let go because it was just, it wasn't fair on her little body. It wasn't fair that when she was with me, she slept in a room with fairy lights and she had TVs and stuff and, and tablets and she would go running and play soccer. And then when I give her back down there, she's sitting in the projects, just, just, there was a lot more that went to it. You guys know, if you know, but like, you understand the difference to go from having a stable, warm home. Like we lived in a townhouse. We had a little backyard. She had upstairs. She was potty trained by like 18 months, not even by like 13 months. My child was like, she was thriving. Like, and when she would come back, she would not be the same child. And I just feel like that in itself shows how much it matters to have stability, how much it matters for them to be able to assimilate into the current family they're in. Because do you know how confused she probably was? I, I, my heart breaks thinking about how confused she probably was. And I just, I miss her so much. I miss, like, we miss her so much. Like one day, hopefully she listens to this or she, we miss you so much. But at the end of the day, coming from the same experience that she was about to be brought in, brought up into, she has a better chance just being there. Whether it's me sending money, whether it's me taking care of her from afar, whether it's me praying for, for her from afar, it, she had a better chance than her coming back and forth. Simple. I'm sorry. As much as I wish she would have just stayed with us and that would have worked out like that. I just couldn't keep putting her through that to watch her, to see. The day I left her, she cried. She cried. She didn't want to leave her mom and dad. She didn't want to, she didn't know that lady. She didn't want to be with her. She was moping. Like, her, she had to drag her away from us. So imagine how, how much inner turmoil she was going through every time we brought her down there and, and she didn't know if we was coming back. You know, it just wasn't worth it. I feel like, stability in children is is a big deal and I'm going to keep pushing that. I feel like a two-parent household is a big deal. I feel like love is a big deal and sometimes you can't say that oh they get more love cuz everybody's around them. But I just I don't see it like that. I'm sorry. The, the rare few occasions that the open adoption work aren't worth the ones that it don't. Like you know what I mean? Like the two people that I've seen so far where it's like, oh, that looks pretty good, does not offset how Rivers experience and the bunch of Rivers there are, my experience. It doesn't offset that. And it's not fair to the children to, oh, well, at least try. Imagine we try and then, oh, by 15, they, they, they've they seen so much. We don't want you around. Like now you're cutting off that contact from another trauma. It's just not worth it. Like, Leave these kids alone. If you're going to give them up for adoption, if you if you know you can't take care of them, love them from afar. That's the main takeaway. The way I love River from afar, I love her so much. If they called me right now and say, I'm bringing River, I would die, literally. But I have to love her from afar because it just it isn't worth her little body and her little mental health being destroyed the way it was being. Okay? So that is why I don't agree with open open adoptions. I, that's my experience with it. It freaking sucked. Both times being the adoptee and the adopter, it sucked all around. And I feel like these kids deserve a fighting chance. Most of these adoptions are kids from like my background where, where our families just aren't good. Like it's just not okay, okay? And I just feel like 
if they already don't have a fighting chance with the family they're born into, let's not make it worse. Okay? So those are just my thoughts on open adoption. Um, most of it probably was rambling, but because I was like trying to understand how I really felt about it, um, I didn't want to come across as like, ah, oh, adoption, oh, F it. But it's like, of course, I would rather people be good parents and there be a family. But if adoption is necessary, then please leave these kids alone till they're 18, till they have the coping mechanisms, till they have the thought process needed, till they have a confidence within themselves to be able to deal with whatever comes with their biological family. Because at 789, I did not have that, 100%. So thank you guys so much for listening. I love you guys so, so much. And thank you for hanging out with me. (laughs) I just, oh, I love it. I love that we're talking. I love that I'm talking about real stuff. I don't really talk about this stuff. I was going to just hee-hee-ha on here. But I feel like I should speak about it if I'm calling it a journal. So thank you guys for coming up for another morning. And I will see you tomorrow. Peace. Thank you.